Welcome to the Retire Right Podcast with Larry Heller. You deserve complete financial advice. There's no acceptable alternative if you want a plan to live well and on your terms. Complete financial advice equals complete peace of mind. Now, let's get into this week's podcast episode. Hello and welcome to the Retire Right Podcast with Larry Heller from Heller Wealth Management. Today I'm pretty excited. Larry has a guest. He has Doug Niffen. He is the Vice President of the Viking Agency Incorporated. They are an independent insurance agency serving clients along Long Island and in the New York metro region for more than 50 years. Hello, gentlemen. How are you? Great. Thanks, Eric. Doing well. Awesome. Hey, Larry, you brought Doug in. Why? Well, before you know, kind of Doug really goes through that. Doug, why don't, why don't you share a bit about you know how you got started in the insurance business in your career? You know, what kind of led you on this path to helping your clients? All right. Well, sure. I when I went to college, I went to business school. I was a marketing major. I really couldn't have told you what insurance was, other than I knew my father did insurance. And as the years went along in school, and I learned about business and such. I decided it was kind of interesting and I'd start to look into it. So I, I did internships during my summers at Aetna, was trained by them. And then when I graduated, I went straight into the insurance business itself. But So before, because I, I, I do know that you had an interesting career path before the insurance side. So why don't you kind of expand a little bit, let the audience know what, what you did uh, prior well, to insurance. Yeah, well, it was actually mixed in with insurance, but I did race cars professionally for 10 odd years. Wow. Um, again, it turns into one of those college things. My freshman roommate introduced me to taking our sports cars to the racetrack, and we started spending more and more time at the racetrack. And then I decided I had an opportunity and some talent there and I went and I started at the most basic levels and we were racing pro formula race cars you know on IndyCar events uh, all over the country for a couple of years there that's pretty that's <laughs> pretty cool and I see you you know you won a couple of events and yeah we I, I'm lucky enough I've done everything that most little boys ever dream of doing we've won races won polls won championships and I'm still here in one piece <laughs> that's great I'd have to assume yeah. that you definitely need some insurance <laughs> for racing cars <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, but lots of life insurance before I started. <laughs> so, you know, so that, you know, how did, you know, you, you transition from, I guess, part-time race car driver, part-time insurance into, you know, full-time insurance and to where you are today? Well, it was really uh, being second generation in my business, which is what allowed me, in, in essence, the freedom to spend the time to do the racing. I was still working in the business. But obviously, I was a little distracted by cars going in circles. But mm -hmm. when I was done with that, I really invested myself in being an expert in the in the field of property and casualty insurance and building relationships. And I really I took it to heart my lessons from my father when I was younger that that it's really a relationship business, and my job is really to take care of the clients, take care of their insurance needs and build the business on that basis as opposed to just selling the cheapest thing whenever you can. That's a great point. So how do your relationships you know, play a role in what you actually do? Oh, well, the, re the relationships are essential, you know, because that is my business. This business is about relationships. I really, I am the expert for my clients, whether it be on the business side or the personal side, 
who advises them on what insurance they need, the amount of insurance they need in order to protect them if something unfortunate were to happen. And, you know, it's really important that I do my job right and I take care of those needs for them because if it's not done properly, it's, it's really not a good thing. Yeah, so why don't we talk a little bit about different types of insurances. I thought maybe we would start, you know, as hurricane season approaches, and for those of you, you know, listening now, Hurricane Florence is fastly approaching the Carolina coast. So what should individuals and businesses know and do to, to, to prepare? Well, I think I think the first thing they need to know and do is they need to take care of it well in advance, you know. If you're in North Carolina now and you've just realized you don't have flood insurance or you're, you don't have enough insurance, most likely you can't buy it now. So you need to, the most important thing in terms of being prepared for those kind of events is to be out in front of it, to review this stuff. You know, if you're not in North Carolina, review it. You know, if you're in Long Island, you need to review it now. Make sure that stuff's all in place because when you get to that moment that the storm's going to get here, you can't you can't do it at that point. Yeah, I think that's true. And yes. oh, sorry, Larry, go ahead. No, go ahead, Eric. I was going to say I, I think that's true with 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 any insurance, but more, more poignant with this, you can't get it when you see the storm coming. <laughs> that's why you you want to get it before even the storm is on the horizon, and that's what I think insurance is all about. I got to buddy of mine who lives in Mount Pleasant, which right next to Charleston, and we've been talking about his evacuation plan. We haven't talked about his insurance, but I'm sending him this podcast for sure. So <laughs> it's great info. Yeah. So speaking about, you know, hurricane insurance. So I remember, and Eric, you might not have, rem- you know, experienced this, but here being in New York, we had super so- storm, you know, Sandy. Mm. And it was kind of interesting, some of the things when you look at your homeowner's policy, what is included and what is not and categorizing what is a hurricane and what is not and the amount of deductibilities. So why don't you talk a little bit about some of the the key variables on what you should look at to make sure that you're properly covered. Okay. Well, you know, my industry, the property and casualty business has done a phenomenal job of trying to commoditize insurance policies, like a homeowner's policy is a homeowner's policy, but it really just isn't the case. The homeowner's policy is a hundred page long contract Mm. with a thousand variables. And all of those variables are what's going to change the impact on you when you have a loss, when say a hurricane Sandy happens or something like that. And, you know, again, that turns into, that's the value I bring to my clients. Like my job is to know which of the insurance companies have quality products who have the people on the ground to take care of them when an emergency happens, who who will provide the coverage and security that my clients expect. And so to your point, like as an example, here in New York, we have windstorm or hurricane deductibles, but it's not a generic thing. Like every insurance company is a little different. Like some the hurricane deductibles triggered if the hurricane makes landfall in your county. Others, it could be triggered if it makes landfall anywhere in New York State. So, you know, if you're in the city and the hurricane clips the Hamptons all the way out on the island, some insurance companies will trigger that deductible. So you need to really kind of understand or have somebody who's counseling you who understands the differences within the policies. Yeah, I remember talking, you know, in Superstorm Standing, that technically that really was for insurance purposes with that in New York. Was that considered a hurricane or the winds weren't high enough? It, it wasn't considered a hurricane. For almost all of those deductibles, the 
storm has to make landfall as a hurricane in New York State. On commercial policies, lots of the commercial policies, those deductibles are triggered when a named storm. So like even if Florence, it makes landfall in New York after going through all of New Jersey and the shoreline, it, those deductibles still might, might, might be in effect for some commercial policies, for personal policies in general, no. Right. So that's interesting. So why don't we talk about the deductibles a little bit and what that kind of means. And then what's the difference between just a deductible and a hurricane, you know, you know, deductible. Okay. Well, the hurricane deductibles or windstorm deductibles are when we have one of those events, your your regular, let's say your thousand dollar basic deductible that you're used to looking at will convert either to a single limited deductible, let's say a $50,000 deductible, or some of them use a percentage of your coverage that'll say like 5% of whatever your coverage amount is, that will become your higher deductible. And those were really put in place to stabilize the, the insurance market here in New York State because it gives the insurance companies some breathing room if a catastrophic loss happens. So if you have a million dollars in coverage, and for argument's sake, there's a 5% deductible for a hurricane, you could be on the hook for $50,000. Wow. You could easily wow. be on the hook for $50,000. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, th those are kind of the, the interesting things because, you know, when we talk to our clients and we're not experts in the insurance area, you know, but we're holistic, you know, wealth managers. So we do like to, you know, ask clients and make sure they're properly, you know, protected on the insurance side. And usually, the, you know, the, 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 they're just thinking the cheapest policy to get homeowners coverage and they don't understand you know, what else they should be looking for. So why don't you kind of expand on, you know, some of the key factors and what you look at and what clients should be looking at besides premium? Well, there are all kinds of subtle things which people expect their homeowner's policy to do and kind of basic homeowner's policies tend not to do it. Like, you know, when you're moving around your Yadro and one of them falls on the ground and breaks, like, is that covered or not? And in your standard homeowner's policy, it's not going to be covered. But for most of the policies that I write, I, I broaden them out. So it'll pick up things like that. Big other common kind of common questions are water backup. You have a water backup in your house and there's water damage. Most insurance policies are only going to give you $2,500 for that, that kind of damage. You know, you can, you can lots of times we'll move that up to $25,000 or $50,000. They're subtle things. They're things which, you know, at, if you're going to go on the Geico website and click buttons, you're not going to know what to choose. But I know what to choose and how to put it together. And then I present it to my client and say, look, this is what we're doing for you and why. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I say to clients, you don't know how good your insurance policy is until you have to, you know, until you have to u use that. Personally, unfortunately, I've had a couple of, you know, a couple of claims and, you know, the, the, the carriers that I was with, it was easy to deal with. And we didn't have that because it was it was set up. It was set up properly. But I've had clients, you know, come to me and say, they're battling with the insurance company because they don't want to pay for this and they you know, don't want to pay for, for, for that. And, you know, so, you know, having the right carrier, you know, could also have an impact. Why don't you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, well, I mean, that's the core of why we've been in business for 50 years. You know, we, we, we've had these relationships with these companies. Like, 
my my word and my product and what I bring to my clients is my business. So I'm not going to bring to you or to anybody else a company that I'm going to get a phone call from them saying XYZ insurance company won't pay for my deck that's damaged. You know, it, it's just not not the way I do business. You know, I, I, I there are a hundred insurance companies in, in New York and I know when I'm going to make a presentation to a client, I'm going to bring to them clients that I don't have to worry about that, that I know that those those companies are going to stand behind the my clients and really provide the service that they expect. Hey, Doug, and so you go through and determining what the, not only the proper coverage, but what limits they should have and what deductibles they should have. Yeah, that's a, th- a thousand percent my job, you know, to, to, to talk to the person, get a feel for who they are, get a feel for, you know, people are different. Like some people want to have a $500 deductible and not have to worry about things. Other people are okay with a little risk. They're like, I'll take a $10,000 deductible, pay less for my, my insurance and I can live with that. And it's neither, neither answer is right or wrong. You know, it's really, I have to craft the right product for their, their needs and their interests. So, you know, there are all different types of guess, coverages or anything specific, you know, specifically with homeowners that people kind of don't focus on that maybe they should be aware of. Well, you know, the world evolves and changes all the time. And I think a really good example, it's a, a, of like a homeowner's exposure, which people don't aren't seeing, but ha- has turned into a real thing. You know, I have a client whose son graduated from college, moved to you know, Jersey right outside of New York City, doesn't own a car, goes to goes to work in the city and takes a city bike and rides around everywhere on a bike. And that all seemed really good and easy right up until he went to go around a car and hit a pedestrian on his bike. Well, so, you know, the question turns into what happens now? Because this woman, you know, left in an ambulance and it's going to be, be a claim. And, it, you know, and Thankfully, he has a homeowner's tenants policy, which we'd set up for him for his rental, and he's going to have defense coverage and, and coverage as part of his homeowner's policy for operating the bicycle. But honestly, if 10 years ago, nobody would have thought of that. But now that's an essential thing. And, you know, luckily we were ahead of the game and we had him get a small tenants. I mean, a tenants policy is like $250 a year for a basic tenants policy. And it covers all these kind of small Hmm. things when you don't have a house per se. Yeah. I mean, actually, that just triggered something that we had talked about before. I've got, you know, children in college. And, you know, I've talked to some of my friends before and I said, you know, do you do you have insurance for them at, you know, at college? And I said, I do. It's very inexpensive and I have coverage there. And why don't you relate the story of, that you mentioned to oh. me about the, about <laughs> yeah. one of your, your clients? Yeah. Well, and, so, yeah. So so one of my clients, I, I, his son goes to school upstate and. I guess I got this phone call around early in January, which was he called me and said, you know, his son and all of his friends, like 10 of them had rented a house and the last one out of the house for the, the, you know, the holiday, the New Year's holiday, you know, did the right thing and was turning off all the switches in the house, except he turned off the switch for the, the, the heat. Oh, no. So while they were while they were away for break in upstate new york all of the pipes froze all of the pipes broke and when they came back and flipped on all the switches and the heat heat went on 
the water started gushing out of every orifice in this house. And, you know, these kids had signed a lease to, to lease this house for the year. My client, as we discussed, had insurance in place. But out of the 10, I think there were maybe two of us who actually had insurance. And I ended up being kind of like the quarterback for the other seven trying to negotiate out a settlement with the landlord because they were all responsible for this damage. And, you know, because they didn't have insurance in place, they they, they didn't have any fun. You know, there was no pool of money to pay for defending this claim or the damage that was done. Wow. Yeah. So, so I mean, the, both of those stories just point out that, you know, it's not just, you know, me cost of coverage on that, but it's also asking the questions and knowing the relationships to knowing, do they have a tenant? Do they have children in school so they can properly, you know, you can get them the proper insurance that they need? Yeah, it just requires communication. And that, again, it turns into that relationship with your client. You know, you have to be part of what they're doing and understand what they're doing so you could properly address those things for them. Why don't we switch gears just a, a little bit because there's another insurance that, you know, especially with my clients and a lot of clients who have accumulated some, you know, some nice net worth don't understand the, the risks out there. You know, so I ask, you know, a lot of times I ask them, you know, do you, know, do you have an umbrella policy in their answer to me was what, what, what is that? You know, and I try to explain to them, you know, why they need an umbrella policy and what the, you know, what that is, because they think that their homeowners or their auto insurance takes care of that. So instead of me explaining, why don't you kind of explain what an umbrella policy is and why they, you know, why it's important that, you know, people should have that. All right. Well, an umbrella policy is what they call excess liability. So you buy it in million dollar increments and let's say you buy a million dollar umbrella policy. It is a million dollars of additional liability coverage over and above your homeowner's insurance, your car insurance, toys if you have them, your boat and all that kind of stuff. So if something were to go wrong and you were to get sued, the, your auto or your boat or your home would be the primary insurance, but when that insurance is used up, it would roll into your umbrella policy and provide additional limits so that um, your assets wouldn't be in jeopardy. So a lot of times, homeowners or a auto insurance, we find they may have $300,000, $500,000 of coverage, and you know if you're worth a few million dollars and you have an accident, you hit somebody or somebody slips and falls in your property, most people think, well, their homeowners will cover it for 300 or 500. That's usually not the, you know, yeah, not the case. Yeah. You, you know, 300 or $500,000 is, is just not enough insurance in today's day and age. And even if you don't have the millions of dollars in assets, if you're a young 30-year-old, just bought your first house, you're working, you're moving up in the world, even if you don't have millions and millions of dollars of assets, you want to pr protect your future income. Like you don't want to have a $5 million lien sitting over your head. So every time you make a little bit of money, you got to send it to somebody else. So, you know, those things are important. And the only way you can really protect yourself is with that umbrella liability. Policy. That, that's a great point. And these umbrella policies are not very expensive, correct? They're not very expensive. I mean, you know, a million dollar policy is probably $250. You could probably buy $5 million for $750 to $1,000 a year. Wow. So again, 
you know, another little thing to be asking, you know, clients and just to make sure they're properly protected for a little, you know, a, a, a little amount because, you know, it's, it's with any insurance, people don't know what, what they, you know, what they need until it's too late and they wish they had, you know, they wish they had more. And there are lots of things which, which can cause this. I was fine. I just happened to be talking to another insurance agent who had this loss, which goes back to your question about an umbrella. His client had a vintage car, which had had, you know, a, you know, it was a vintage car. He t- tinkered around with it, you know, did stuff with it and took it to the body shop to be painted. And they, they got a call the next day, the body shop burned to the ground and the investigators were on premises trying to figure it out because they they believe the fire either started with his car or the other car parked next to him and the insurance company was already on premises for the body shop preparing to you know send notice to these two car owners that they're going to subrogate against them if their if their car you know, accidentally caught on fire while it was sitting in the body shop, burned down the body shop, closed their business for however long, and destroyed all the cars that were in in the body shop. And that three hundred thousand dollars of liability coverage or five hundred thousand dollars of liability coverage is not going to cover that bill if that comes to. Wow. Yeah. So you know, all all great great points. I want to get back to you know something you mentioned earlier when you said that you know you were a race car you know dr- driver, so. You know, what kind of insurance is a race, you know, does a racing team uh, team need? Well, you know, racing teams need all the same insurance that the, the rest of us need. You know, the interesting ones are obviously the race cars and stuff. You know, so, so we would have special insurance, which was called off-track coverage for our cars and our equipment. So if while we were going from here to to Ohio for a car race and you stop at the truck depot and you come out and your truck's gone with the car, we would have insurance for the car and stuff. But the moment we pulled into the racetrack, all insurance ended. You know, it's like <laughs> no no insurance while you're at the racetrack. But when you're traveling down the road or while the car's in the shop, you would insure the cars that way. That's interesting. <laughs> so, and I know you, you've helped many business owners you know, can you give us some pitfalls you see in businesses failing, you know, into how to how to protect them from those mistakes? Well, yeah, absolutely. Again, the world's evolving. So, you know, New York State is super aggressive for employment laws and they keep broadening and broadening what what you're responsible for and what you have to do as an employer. So, you know, in addition to being proactive in terms of your, your human resources and your employees, a great tool is to have what they call employment practices liability insurance, which is, again, liability insurance for if you miss something along the way and, and the state's all, all of a sudden in auditing you and you have issues, this will provide defense coverage and, and maybe some coverage for, for fines or losses as a result. Um, another area is cyber liability insurance, which again, 10 years ago, we wouldn't be talking about cyber liability insurance, but, you know, especially in a business like yours or mine or, or any business, we are completely and permanently responsible for the personally identifiable information that we have, whether it be on written paper or on our computer systems. And if in any way that information gets out, people normally associate it with like a hacker hacking in and we all kind of a little bit feel internally like that's not going to happen. But the vast majority of those cases are 
rogue employees, you know, like the pissed off employee leaves and he leaves with your client list and names and numbers and those things get out and they, you know, they're like, I'm going to sell them or distribute them. And you got major claims going on from those things. And so that cyber liability insurance is another area which which companies and businesses really need to watch. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I I know I've actually started paying for that in the last few few years. <laughs> Anything else that you kind of want to let our listeners know before we uh, conclude for today? You know, I, I just really would encourage your listeners to know that um, these insurance pro- products, while not so sexy and fun all the time, are really essential to their financial well-being going forward. And I would encourage them to build a relationship with whomever they're working with that personal relationship and a knowledgeable partner working with it, it with them is so essential. I, I know it's the, the gecko on TV and, and it makes it sound like you go, go, go on a website, punch in a couple keys and you get a cheap, easy answer. But that, that cheap, easy answer is almost never the answer that you expect or want when something goes wrong. Great point. And, you know, and, and just for everyone else there, too, once you've done this, it, it doesn't just go away. It should be reviewed, what do you say, at least annually or yeah. when there's a major change in something. Yeah, either either of those events. Right. So having a good insurance advisor to follow up and make sure that you're keeping up to date with that, with that is, is very, very important. So thank you very much, Doug. This has been great for our listeners. And if anyone out there wants some further information on any type of insurance, they can reach uh, Doug at his office at 516-496-7711 or at his website at vikingagency.com. So thank you very much for uh, joining us today, Doug. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Hey, guys, that was great. Thank you so much. Doug, let me ask you one more question. If sure. they contact you, they reach out, how much does a consultation with you cost? It's free. It's, okay. it's simply time. I, I, I'm, I am thrilled to meet with clients and go through all their paperwork and to put it back down in front of them and say, this is amazing, leave it that way. And, and it's, so it's completely painless. Either I'm going to tell them I can fix something or there's something missing and, and hopefully do it cost-effectively for them, or I'm just going to reaffirm that they have the right insurance and it's, it's free. It's just time and advice. Fantastic. That's what we're looking for. I encourage everybody who's listening to this that has any questions about their insurance coverage to go ahead and make that appointment with Doug so that he can do a personalized review with you. Like he said, it's free. It just costs you a little bit of time. Thank you for listening to the Retire Right podcast with Larry Heller. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Larry comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device which makes it so much easier to share these with family and friends. If you've got family and friends out there that you're concerned about their coverage, this would be a great one to share with them. For everyone at Heller Wealth Management, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. We'll see you next time.